Pod Only Knows is a Cage Club podcast. For other smart podcasts on culture, pop, and otherwise, go to cageclub.me. You can contact us via email at pok at cageclub.me. You can find me on Twitter at probablyrealjb. And you can find me at kelly underscore j underscore baker. And you can find the show on Twitter at podonlyknowspod. The show is written and produced by us. Welcome to Pod Only Knows. I'm John Brooks. And I'm Kelly Baker. Kelly, how's everything? Dude, we have the flu at my house. Um, so, you know, it's going mm-hmm. great. It's going great. Yep. Yep. No chaos here. Nope. Um, at all. It's mm. fine. It's all fine. Um, yeah. Got the Tamiflu going for one child who is sick we've got the tamiflu going for another child proactively and the adults are checking ourselves <laughs> religiously for symptoms <laughs> where it's like is it a tickle in my throat or am i coming down with the flu right like yeah. do i have the sniffles because of allergies or like am i about to like go down with the ship so yeah it's it's one of those things where i'm like am i exhausted because i listened to a child cough all night mm. or like am i exhausted because i'm about to get hit by a semi truck like i don't i don't know right um so yeah, it's super exciting over here. And it's it's uh recording on the day where we just decide that's a different time than it was yesterday. Oh yeah, no, that too, right? Yeah. Where it's like supposedly we got an extra hour of sleep. <laughs> no. I don't think that's what happened at the Baker house at all. <laughs> it's just a different hour of sleep. It's not an extra an hour. That's right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sure. Uh-huh. Is this, I never get this right. Is this the like, right, the normal time that we went I, back to? Or I is it the other Move back to normal time. We move back okay. to standard time, right? We moved out so. of daylight savings into yeah. standard is yeah. my understanding of this. Right. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. somebody's gonna like write you and be like kelly was wrong <laughs> no i think you're right because i think it's like the moving the time up one is because of the summer for i don't know has something to do with the summer and taking advantage of the more light at the end of the day and oil yeah. prices or, i learned something. all about this one time it's also stupid let's just agree on a time and let's be just agree yeah I don't like getting jet lag for no reason, like twice a year because I know some dumb thing that FDR did or whatever. And anyone with children, right, has to deal with the painful like realization that their schedule is thrown off one way during one shift and one way during the other shift, right? Right. Yep. So bedtime is horrible at one point, and then waking them up is horrible at the other point. So it's Mm -hmm. like. Thank you, whoever decided on this, for making my life harder than it already was mm-hmm. at those two junctures. <laughs> I also don't like it getting dark at like four. That too. It's, it's, it's stupid. Yep. 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 No, it's <sighs> one of those things where I was like, yes. And I, and it's also one of those things where like they have all the studies about like the incidents and like car crashes yeah. and like work productivity, right? Like, I mean, we have all this like information and data about like how bad this is for us to like do the switch back and forth and all of these things. And yet we still do it. So 
it's just it's so american too because like it's like the electoral college it's like let's just do this thing we've been doing for a long time because we've been doing it even though or because it causes misery like yeah it, you know it's builds character i guess i don't know <laughs> that's right we're building character <laughs> by switching the time around on you it's just great it's great uh anyway please 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 somebody run on a uh platform of getting rid of this i mean people have right like there have been people right. i think like i think like Pete Buttigieg or like Beto I think like one of those guys one of those younger somebody did right yeah yeah Andrew Yang I don't know one of those people um but yeah let's get rid of it anyways um on to good news Kelly got any good news what's your good news oh so my good news is remember how a few podcast ago I talked about like how Michael's sale was like my good news about I was super excited about all the stuff that I got from my office mm-hmm. so my good news is my beloved partner who is like self-suffering and hates hanging things in nice. my house mm-hmm. actually hung all of my stuff on my gallery wall so now I have this super awesome remarkably gothy gallery wall in my office with like skulls and flowers and all this kind of stuff Fair so um, took hours last weekend to do this um but it looks awesome and it makes me really happy and so now i'm transitioning this whole part of my office into this like um romantic gothy look in the hopes that maybe i'll spend time in my office and get the work done that i need to get done as part of the kelly takes charge of her life and tries to con herself into doing the things that she needs to do like mm-hmm. i'll update us later on whether that works or not but mm-hmm. that's the current attempt so it's really neat like my office looks really cool now and i've got some other stuff to change out and i'm slowly transitioning like things but um the decorating at least is a lot of fun um when i'm not dealing with a sick kid that doesn't want me to get very far away <laughs> from yeah. him yeah so um oh, you know kids. yeah i know it's really they're so pitiful when they're like this right no. um and it doesn't matter how big they are they're still pitiful when they're sick so yeah. i mean um, i am too I, who am i kidding yeah so, no yeah. oh no i mean yeah adults <laughs> too get really sad i have pitiful. no threshold for being like for pain for being sick I'm <laughs> such, uh i'm such a weenie uh mm. when i'm sick it's really pathetic you should um you should post some pictures of your i should your, do this yeah i need to take pictures I have got a table that I think I'm going to try to paint mm-hmm. and I'm not really DIY. So we'll have to see how that goes one way or another. Um, but paint it to match the aesthetic. Cause right now it's pink and pink doesn't really go with the whole like thing that I'm moving towards. But yeah, my mom was like, just paint it. Like how hard can that be? And I was like, have you met me? <laughs> like I'm not crafty. So um, my, my old friend, the uh, goth influencer Voltaire uh, wrote a book called Paint It. <laughs> Painted black about ten years ago or so. Um, oh, God. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all about how to like how to like gothicize your your home. Um, yeah, and yeah. how to how to how to do goth interior decorating. Um, I try really hard to like limit it to my spaces. Like there are mm-hmm. skulls around as we clearly know because i have the skeleton in my front yard but yeah. like i try to like limit it somewhat so that people aren't like my family is just not accosted by this in some sort of way um mm-hmm. you know i feel like mm-hmm. later it would be therapy bills where my kids will be like you know it was fine it was great but there were skulls everywhere so i try not to make it that kind of place um and yeah. so just 
limit the spaces that it's in. But yeah, yeah it's, it's like my office is a safe space to have skulls. And the kids think it's sort of funny one way or another that mom is like that. But I'm even wearing a skeleton shirt today. So, I mean, it's just you know, like there's a vibe, definitely. Um, but we're Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. So what's your good news today, John? Uh, my good news is that I mean, uh, it's since you your last good news was that band season is over. My good news is that soccer season yesterday. Um, <laughs> but even better news is that we finished with a winning record uh, of hey! seven and five. We lost our last game, but it was a really really good last game. We lost two to one, um, but it was an excellent matchup. We we lost some of our players to the varsity team who. Uh, were down, I think, seven players yesterday. So I had to give them three of mine. Uh, so we didn't have our full squad, which definitely impacted how we played. But uh, yeah, we, we had a winning season. as the first winning season for a JV team at my school since 2017, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a big so, deal. So very impressive. And um, the, uh, the, the, the striker who I told you about who had never played until two months ago, uh, and we'll probably never play again <laughs> <laughs> after after uh, these last two months. Uh, scored twenty eight goals in twelve games. Um, Whoa, <laughs> that's wild! Completely insane. Um, so yeah, so yeah, good season. And I'm so I'm, I'm I mean bittersweet that it's over. I'm glad it's over in the sense of like getting my afternoons back and not being so time consumed and stressed and not having to travel the games and all that sort of thing. But um, it was a great season. I know that some of them sometimes listen to this podcast. So um, congratulations, guys. You were. Oh, that's adorable that some of them listen. Mm -hmm. Hi. <laughs> on soccer players. That's amazing. Uh, they listen to see if I mentioned them, I think, mostly. But, oh, yeah. Um, so they just listen to the like, first like introductory. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I should just say that I'll, I'll just say I'll mention them at the end of every episode so they have to listen to the whole thing. So then they have yeah. to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. When some I, random time. I'll just drop their, you know. Yeah. When I walked through the garage earlier, my partner was listening to the Fall of the House of Usher episode. Mm -hmm. So I was like, very cool, right? I was like, that's the kind of neat thing that happens every yep. once in a while in my house yep. is that yep. someone, I was like, I know we have one listener. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sometimes hear my voice from the bathroom while my wife's taking a shower, which is- Oh, that's scary. neat. I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, I know that person. <laughs> I know that. That's cool. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> This is what uh, we have to do is we have to start telling people that we mentioned them and like just yeah. them into it where I'm going to be like, hey, mom, I'm not going to tell my mom. I don't want her listening. But like, just be like, hey, buddy, guess who I mentioned the other day on the podcast? Mm -hmm. Don't you want to see what I mentioned to you? It'd be awesome. Yeah. Should just pick like 12 random strangers on Twitter and be like, hey, guess what? We mentioned you. On we mentioned you. <laughs> you should listen. Yeah. Oh, sometime. my gosh. So yeah. funny. So, so funny. Anyway, uh, that's the good news. Uh, we are going to have an episode that is not really fun today. But Yeah, no. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, if we went from that cheerfulness to mm -hmm. not good news. Not, not good not news. Great news. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've been kind of not talking about the news in general, I think, for reasons yeah. that, yeah. Well, we did spooky season, right? Which was a lot of fun. Season. It was. And, you know, and somewhat, some of those episodes took a turn when we talked a little bit about politics, but mm -hmm. we've mostly been avoiding politics. And so, guess what we did, listeners? 
we decided to talk about politics. We decided to talk about politics. Specifically um, about the new Speaker of the House, Mike yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I'm just going to tell you that, uh, and you can kind of share your your thoughts sort of preliminarily on him and the way that this news has kind of been received by the media. But I, my my enormous frustration um, with the way the majority of the media has dealt with Mike Johnson or been, I should say, thoroughly inept uh, and unable and ill-prepared to deal with Mike Johnson and what it means. They talk about his Christian faith and they talk about him being a fundamentalist and they talk about him being an evangelical and they talk about his connections to, you know, certain evangelical movements and all that sort of thing. And none of them seem to be able to quite grasp, I think, the um, the full extent of the meaning <laughs> the meaning of the moment. Um, with some exceptions, I mean, there have been some, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of really good articles that we've come across, I think, um, that have articulated what's happening. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt sort of in light of the massive failure of the political media to really um, articulate what's happening here and like what it means, um, I, I felt the the urgent need that we should at least give our... Uh, <laughs> Our, our very best to shed some light on um, what who Mike Johnson is and sort of what this means in the historical context. Um, but you can go ahead and give your your uh, your your thoughts on that too, if you want. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting to see how folks have responded to him, partially because one of the things that I got caught up on is how much they pay attention to his personality yeah. and not his politics. Right. right? By so, design. Like, by de yeah. So very much a, a strategic choice, I think where mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is focused on how mild mannered he is and how polite he is. Mm -hmm. And um, that, you know, it's easy to have a conversation with him because he's so nice. Right. Um, which drives me up a wall when people <laughs> focus on this kind of stuff. Um, yep. You know, know, uh, it reminds me of a lot of the coverage of the alt-right that happened around 2016, where it's like, these people, they wear suits and you can have conversations with them. Um, and it completely ignored the fact that a lot of them were promoting genocide at yeah. the same time, you yeah. know, but we can talk about how they were Ray-Bans and they were peacoats and that's like cool, but it ignored a lot of the a lot of their political aspirations and it ignored a lot of their like really horrible um, politics and it just didn't get to the kind of heart of what they were doing. So a lot of my frustration with their coverage is just a lot of it is about his personality. And, yes. you know, um, so he's this mild mannered guy from Louisiana who we're comfortable with and he wears these suits and like, even when they talk about Christian nationalism, and I think we can get to that in a minute, um, in more depth, but even when they talk to him, it's like Christian nationalism in a tailored suit, right? Yeah. Is one of the quotes that drove me absolutely up a wall from a New York Times piece. Um, you know, I I think that there is a danger in that crafting, right? That we're going to focus on his polish, we're going to focus on his friendliness, we're going to focus on the fact that like he's flown under the radar when. Arguably, he hasn't really when we think about um, the fact that he 
was um, a supporter of Trump and very mm-hmm. much an election denier and mm-hmm. was very much a part of that movement. I don't know that I would consider him flying under the radar that much if we consider him in that focus. But um, just the way that that coverage kind of falls into that trope has been really troubling to me um, and very, very frustrating that political reporters can't do better than that, right? Like, I feel like we're falling for a similar trap that we fell for in previous years when we talk about some of these folks, especially involved in this kind of Christian nationalism movement, where it's like we almost don't know how to talk about them, right, without focusing on their personalities or what they're wearing or these kinds of things where I'm like, oh, like maybe focus on their ideologies for Mm -hmm. just a moment, right, and think Mm -hmm. about those kinds of things a little more carefully. Um, And like you said, there are good articles that do that and we should definitely get into those. Um, But I was just kind of frustrated by that or um, not just even frustrated, actually quite angry. (laughs) Like, uh, let me be clear, right? Like like not just frustrated, angry about it. Um, Because again, it's just, it's like we've done this before and we haven't learned, right? And why haven't we learned from this? is the piece that gets me um, about this. Like, you know, come on, folks. Like, we've done this before and we should be better at it, Um, but we're not. I think the, I think it's important to, and again, this is part of the reason why I think so much of the media has failed to truly articulate this, is that there's a difference between pointing out the fact that he is well-spoken and wears a suit and is nice uh, and pointing out the fact that that is actually part of the strategy, right? That, that, right. That it's like that's the that's the um, that's the illusion. That's you know, it's the sleight of hand, right? That is that is that is getting this this Christian nationalist um, into this incredibly powerful position. Um, the 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 Edsall, the Thomas B. Edsall editorial that you re- referenced there, which is titled "The Embodiment of White Christian Nationalism in a Tailored Suit." You know, I, yeah, I think that what he is saying in that in that article is exactly that, though, which is like, don't be fooled by the tailored yeah. suit, right? Like, right. the tailored suit is is the thing that is disguising um, this very, very dark and um, and you know, uh, extraordinarily regressive and patriarchal ideology, um, where this guy has sort of charmed his way into becoming who is probably the most powerful overt Christian nationalist yeah. in American history at this point. Um, now I should say like neither of us are necessarily like great political scientists. Like that's nope. not necessarily nope. our, yep. and we, you know, I, we both follow politics, but I, I, I don't know whether or not Mike Johnson is going to last. I, I, I have no real opinion right. on, on that side of it. And I, and I don't really want to necessarily talk about the politics of Mike Johnson from that perspective. Um, but I do think it's important to understand, like, to, to, to decode a little bit of, like, what's going on here and who um, Mike Johnson is. So, I mean, some important things about Johnson. He is uh, 51 years old, uh, which makes him, in the world of politics, very young. He is a Gen Xer, um, and I think he speaks the language of a younger generation um, and sort of presents, uh, you know, the sort of... The sort of um, for lack of a better term, vibe, right, of, yeah. of of the youth. That's not to say that I think he necessarily appeals to young voters or young people. Sure. But but he has a kind of, a, he understands how to present himself 
legitimately to like a Generation X, right? And I, and I think that's a really important distinction of a lot of the kind of Christian nationalist figures that came before him. Um, his bio, for a guy who nobody had heard of until a couple of weeks ago, uh, his, his bio is like a Forrest Gump of, of Christian nationalism. I mean, he, like, he is connected to all of right. He right, is. Yes. The, the, the major figures. He's from Shreveport, Louisiana. Louisiana is one of the epicenters of, of the Christian nationalist movement. Um, he's had relationships with the, um, the Southern Baptist Convention. He is... Yep. He taught at Liberty University, um, and that, of course, puts him squarely uh, in connection with the Falwells. Um, he has a long history with James Dobson. Um, yep. James Dobson, of course, is the founder of Focus on the Family. Uh, I know every evangelical listener that we have knows, or former evangelical probably listener that we have knows who yep. James Dobson no, is. there, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, Focus on the Family, if you don't know, is a organization that has for decades been promoting um, both a sort of patriarchal um, social order and a, a, a strong anti-LGBTQ uh, agenda. Um, and Dobson uh, is a, I think a psychologist by trade, um, but but is is sort of part of this kind of Christian uh quasi sort of like medical field that, that it's 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 this weird sort of combination of both um kind of secularism with a hard right evangelical agenda yes um and, and so he's he's a really important figure in this in this piece and then of course is tony perkins and and, and yep tony perkins is someone who uh mike johnson has a long long history with uh tony perkins and dobson also both louisiana uh um or I think Dobson's from Louisiana. I know Perkins is is from Louisiana. Uh, Perkins ran for Senate in Louisiana uh, and lost in 2002, I think. Uh, but he's the president of the Family Research Council, which is the notorious uh, far-right evangelical fundamentalist group that the Southern Poverty Law Center has classified as a hate group. Um, Tony Perkins has a very sort of shady past <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, and some unsavory relationships with white supremacists, um, among other things. But per Perkins also like the really interesting thing with, between him and Johnson is that he, Perkins like launched a, a university that never actually happened that right. Mike Johnson was going to be a teacher at. There's this very weird story there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to find someone who is at the center quietly of, you right. know, the, the whole sort of Christian nationalist movement, right, that guy is Mike Johnson. And that you've never heard of him, I think, is actually, again, kind of by design. Right, right. I mean, and this is, I mean, this is a guy who went in front of the Louisiana Supreme Court twice, right, mm -hmm. um, to be against uh, same-sex marriage. So this is not someone who is quiet in his opinions either. You know, he has been on the forefront against LGBTQ rights, 
um, that you mentioned how patriarchal he is, that he is definitely not on the forefront of women's rights, um, that he is definitely against the rights of trans youth and against the rights of parents of trans youth to make medical decisions, um, that he very much has no problem pinning these opinions, right, um, mm -hmm. in different instances, uh, that he... Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think of other examples, but, you know, he is a supporter of supposed religious freedoms of folks to be, let's just be really clear here, to um, enable bigotry, right? To right. allow people to not marry people who they don't want to marry. But this is always about anti-LGBT sentiment here, um, that he has a long history of this. So I think you're right. Like the under the radar piece is very much his by design piece. It's a strategy yeah. um, because he is so connected um, mm -hmm. and has been pretty clear on his opinions about this stuff um, and is attached to a variety of folks in Congress too yeah. um, and willing to sign on to bills with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Yeah. Um, with a, a terrible bill about trans youth, you know, that he has no problem yep. doing this kind of thing either, um, which is, I think, why he was able to become the speaker in the way that he was, is that, again, it's these connections that he has, um, that he's just been sort of stealthy in a way that um, is interesting, mm -hmm. I guess is the way I would frame it. I don't know what word I'm struggling to. <laughs> I mean, but, it certainly is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> horrifying. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Like, um, what word I'm, I'm aiming for here, but, um, it's yeah. crafty, right? Like yes. in the way that's the word I think I was looking for, um, the way that he's been able to do this. I, I want to, in a couple, like in a, in a second, I want to, um, have us watch three minutes of his acceptance speech, um, that I have, I have plucked out that I think is, uh, really chilling. Like when I was watching it, I was very, very disturbed and, um, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second, but yeah, you, you're right. I mean, he is, he has openly supported sodomy laws. Like he, he wants not just to, um, outlaw same-sex marriage, but like outlaw, you know, homosexuality period right and and by by sort of legal means um he is he is very much right a far-right extremist um but yeah it is it's it's important that one of the things that you know the media was so sort of um uh intent on 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 sort of highlighting was that he gets along with democrats and he is respected right. and trusted and like he gave uh you know the the the, the democratic leader of the house, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, a like big hug when he would pass him the gavel and, and all that sort of thing. Um, all of that is by design. And, and you're right that like, there's, you know, w the first amendment already protects preachers, any religious leader from not having to, to marry a gay couple. You, you don't have to do it. Like, right. The, right. It's, it's, it's the civil side of marriage that is universal in America. But if your church doesn't recognize same-sex marriage, then like you don't have to perform it. Um, and he wanted to pass a bill that sort of codified that. And it's like, well, why? Because right. you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's that sort of thing that I think is really a, a tell um, that it's not just a sense of um, conservatism insofar as like wanting to maintain the status quo, but also trying to sort of 
latch on to wherever you can, right? Any any sort of legal or extra legal means to maintain this sort of you know old patriarchal um, anti LGBTQ approach, even when right we already have that, even when right. it's already in right. place. Like it's 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 just sort of it's almost kind of excessive again, like by design, right, to, to sort of um, present the idea or like sell the myth that Christianity itself is under attack. And if you don't, right. if you don't protect it by law, then it is going to be illegalized and blah, 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 um, which is kind of all part of, of what Christian nationalism uh, argues. Uh, before we look at this, this clip, I, I also just want to get our sort of definition of what Christian nationalism is. Sure. I think if you Google Christian nationalism, you're going to get like a hundred different definitions. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, of what Christian nationalism means. And, you know, it's, it is not easy to define. I don't think most Christian nationalists don't use the term themselves, which makes it difficult. Aside from right. like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's like, yeah, it's great. Let's use that term. Um, it is mostly a pejorative that those of us who are critical of it use against it. So it's really hard to kind of pin down what the ideology is, since the ideology is mostly sort of talked about from the critical perspective. Um, but what do, do you want to take a stab at what you? Sure. What, yeah. What you would, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I've thought about this for a really long yeah i know you have <laughs> a really long time so i mean so for me when we talk about christian nationalism what we're talking about is people who understand america to be a christian nation and they yeah. want america to continue to be a christian nation so it's twofold right so america has this past as a christian nation so that they're looking backward and then they also want it to continue to be in the present and future a Christian nation as well. Um, that it can have that persecution complex, like you talked about, where they're very worried that America as a Christian nation is under threat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the groups that I studied, that was always the case, right? That what your job is, is that you have to save America because there are all these groups that don't want it to be Christian anymore, right? And the threat is immigration or the threat is the there's cultural revolution, right? And that there are these changing cultural mores that you have to kind of deal with in some way, shape, or form. Um, so that you can have that as a part of it too. Um, that there's this attachment of religion and patriotism, that those go hand in hand, um, that they're not separate from one another. Um, so that, you know, to be a patriot is to be Christian, to be patriotic is to be religious, yeah. Those are interchangeable in a certain right. way. Right. Um, and I think that sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their heads around that those two would be so welded together in this kind of understanding of Christian nationalism. But I think that that is kind of a crucial aspect of this. Um, and it's exclusive, right? It's a very exclusive ideology that this is not an ideology that's like, we're welcoming in all Christians, right? It's usually a very specific form of Christianity, right. tends to be Protestant, right? It's not um, necessarily inclusive to Catholics. So I would argue that the idea of Christianity has gotten broader and broader and broader as time mm -hmm. has gone on and that Catholics fit more in this category now as time has gone on, whereas in previous time periods that wouldn't have worked as well. I mean, at least for yeah. now, like yeah. while at they're least useful, for now. right? Yeah, right. They fit yeah. in because it works. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's kind of where we are uh, and where we stand. Um, that there is concern over the separation of church and state in this <laughs> yeah. concern. Is that a nice way to put it? Like that's, that's like, nice the, like, yes. like the like the yeah. like mildest way that I could put it. Right. That they it's have like considered... when NPR refers to everything as a debate, and it's like, right. yeah, it's you're like, I know, right? Sometimes oh man, right. Yeah, yeah, I NPR'd yeah. it. Oh, it's terrible. Um, yeah, so that they want kind of a biblical-based government, right? Yeah. Which is, yeah. I think, where we're um, where I have some deep concerns about someone like Mike Johnson, um, and where he's trying to figure out how to mesh Christianity with governance um, yeah. and how to do that, right? Uh, a very particular form of Christianity with governance. Um, and so, yeah, so there are all these different moving pieces in that, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's very complicated. I think it's not just saying America is a Christian nation. I think it has all these moving pieces that are attached to it. Um, and that's before we even get to whether we're going to deal with the issue of white supremacy attached to that too, right? And and how that fits in as well. Yeah. Um, so I... I one of the things that Christian nationalism is 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 sort of rests on, right, is the assumption of America as a Christian nation. And I, I have a little gripe here when it comes okay. to when it comes to kind of um, our side, so to speak. Um, I, I appreciate people like Andrew Seidel and 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 those who have written. I think, you know, convincingly, right, the argument that America is not a Christian nation and that mm -hmm. it, is a, it is a myth uh, that America is a Christian nation. Uh, fair enough. And, and I, I, I ideologically and also historically and factually agree with that statement. I, I think the problem that we run into is that we mistake that sort of factual data-driven analysis with the fact that, as you know, as a historian, um, history is a myth. It is history right. is is a story that we tell. Yep. And and there are ways of telling the American story mm -hmm. that 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 do make it a Christian nation. I think right. I, I, I'm not saying that that's right, but I'm saying that that if you want to retailer history, yes, and redefine what America is, yep. um, you can do that. And and what I found really interesting uh, is that Mike Johnson has done just that. Um, I, I, uh, I came across last week, David Korn in Mother Jones wrote um, about this. Uh, this is from, from October the 28th. Uh, he wrote, Mike Johnson conducted seminars promoting the U.S. as a, quote, Christian nation. Uh, this has to do with him giving these seminars called Answers for Our Times, which is uh, a offshoot of an organization that his wife uh, runs or is on the board of, um, which has somehow kind of like gone dark on the internet. You can't really find a lot about it right now for huh, weird, interesting. weird reasons. Um, anyway, so Corn uh, says this, uh, Mike Johnson ran through a quick version of U.S. history in which he insisted, quote, we began as a Christian nation. He pointed out that Christopher Columbus said that he journeyed to the Americas to bring the gospel to unknown coastlands and people. Johnson added, quote, we would call him an evangelical today. Fired up, he offered a litany of statements from the nation's founders, government officials, and Supreme Court officials who cited God or religion as essential to the United States. Is this a Christian nation, he asked? Yes, we live in a post-Christian culture. I think that's beyond dispute. You can't even argue with a straight face that this did not begin as a Christian nation. And look, 
I, it's like, sure. I mean, I like, I don't think anything in that is something that you can definitively argue against, right? I think everything that he's uh-huh. sort of cherry picked there is is entirely accurate. Um, so, you know, I, I think when we get into the America is not a Christian nation sort of uh, argument, mm-hmm. I think we find ourselves in a very similar place to the like real Christianity argument. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's kind of unwinnable. And, and it also just ignores and overlooks the fact that if you want to start American history with Columbus or even with the pilgrims. Right. Um, and not with uh, the Declaration of Independence or whatever, like wherever you start America, you you write a different history. And mm-hmm. I really feel like it's time to contend with that because because I, I think it is getting increasingly useless um, to just fold your arms and say, no, it isn't. And, uh, and right. <laughs> right. And assume yeah. you could have won the day. Yeah. Because you can't, like, you can't win this. I mean, which is exactly what you're pointing out, which is you can't win this argument that way. Yeah. Um, because the starting point is different. Um, yeah. And the evidence that they're using is different. And the story that they're telling is different. And it's often the story that you're getting in history textbooks, often in public schools. So it looks very familiar, right? Depending mm-hmm. on how, um, what kind of textbooks you're using and where they came from mm-hmm. and uh, what kind of text pro- producers they had and who was influencing those textbook decisions, right? I mean, so there's a lot of stuff going on there that can't be avoided. Um, and so I think you're exactly right, is that there's only so much that you can do from that particular argument um, that's it's not going to win them over, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the myth-making piece where uh, why would they start anywhere except with pilgrims, right? Or Columbus, you know, <laughs> right, like, I right. mean, they're not going to start with indigenous peoples. No. Like that's not going to happen, right? Um, so I think that that can't be the way that this works. Right. Um, and so, I mean, so I understand the impulse, right. To be like, no, listen to me. Right. This is not how this works. And I mean, I get that. Um, but it's just not effective in fighting with folks like this, right. Who have this kind of approach to it because it's just not going to convince them one way or another that America wasn't a Christian nation. Um, Yeah because yeah. of the myth-making that they have to do to make this argument to have the past that they need, that usable past that they need, right, to project the present and the future that they want as well. Yep. And and that past is there. It, it's not right. It's not made up. And, and do you have to kind of ignore Thomas Jefferson or at least kind of, um, you know, get around Thomas Jefferson to make the argument? Sure you do. But as someone who is like opposed to slavery and a leftist, I often want to ignore Thomas Jefferson. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, I I don't, I'm not here to kind of like, I'm not going to defend Thomas Jefferson, like most of the time. And, and, and if you are forcing me to do that, to make my America is not a Christian nation argument, then like you have a pretty powerful weapon against me because you know, I it's it's like I don't I don't want to. I, Thomas Jefferson said a lot of awful things and believed a lot of awful, awful right. things, and so like if that's what it comes down to, um, then yeah, I mean like I I can get on board with us, you know, saying well screw Thomas Jefferson, and then it's like well then what's left? And 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 it, and a lot of what's left is a bunch of people who like today we'd call Christian nationalists, and mm-hmm. you know, and and so yeah, I, I I really feel that again it's one of those places where I think both 
on the sort of academic front and also just sort of the media front, I don't think we're doing this right. Um, and I don't have the answers for how we do it right, but but I, I don't think we're we're doing it right. Um, anyway, that's 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 my soapbox there. Uh, let's let's take a look. I, I we're going to spend three minutes on on um, Mike Johnson's okay. speech. Do you want to cue that up to the eight minute mark? Um, and I want to okay. listen to minutes eight through eleven. And um, there's a bunch that I want to talk about here because, okay. um, as I said, like when I was watching this there there was an element and i know it sounds weird to say this but like we were both adults when 9 11 happened and um when i was watching january 6 unfold like that to me was far more disturbing on so many levels than 9 11 was um which is not to say anything about like diminishing the amount of death and destruction caused by 9 11 but in terms of like seeing this as a turning point for the country um you know January 6th to me was just a much more difficult and less, I mean, th there was, there was things about 9-11 where like, I had some sort of like hope, <laughs> but January uh -huh. 6th was just sort of like, yeah, the country eating itself. I, I have to say that in watching this speech, um, I had a very similar feeling. Uh, this was a very much a low point for me. Uh, okay. and, and, and I think this is the most overtly Christian nationalist speech ever made on the floor of the House of Representatives. Um, okay. If historians want to tell me about some guy in 1843 who said something far worse, by all means, send us an email, let me know. But um, again, I'm talking about in my lifetime and from what I've seen, uh, my history. So do you have it queued up? Yep. We, we are the beacon of freedom, and we must preserve this grand experiment in self-governance. It still is. We're only 247 years into this grand experiment, and we don't know how long it will last. But we do know that the founders, to take, the founders told us to take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I, I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is <clears throat> very clear. That, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it, and to ensure that our republic remains standing as the great beacon of light and hope and freedom in a world that desperately needs it. It was in 1962, in 1962, that, that our national motto, In God We Trust, was adorned above this rostrum. And if you look at the little uh, guide that they give uh, tourists and constituents who come and, and, and visit the house, if you turn in there to about page 14 in the middle of that guide, it tells you the history of this. And it says very simply, these words were placed here above us. This motto was placed here as a rebuke of the Cold War era philosophy of the Soviet Union. That philosophy was Marxism and communism, which begins with the premise that there is no God. This is a critical distinction that is also articulated in our nation's birth certificate. We know the language well, the famous second paragraph that we used to have children memorize in school and, and they don't do that so often anymore, but they should. 
G.K. Chesterton was the famous British philosopher and statesman, and he said one time, America is the only nation in the world that is founded upon a creed. And he said it's listed with almost theological lucidity in the Declaration of Independence. What is our creed? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, not born equal, created equal. And they are endowed by the, the same inalienable rights, with the same inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That is, the, that is the creed that has animated our nation since its founding, that has made us the great nation that we are. And we're in a time of extraordinary crisis right now. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. Turmoil and violence have rocked the Middle East and Eastern Europe. We all know it. And tensions continue to build in the Indo-Pacific. The country demands strong leadership of this body, and we must not waver. Our, our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear, dear friend Israel, and we're overdue in getting that done. All right, we'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good summary of what we just listened to. Um, I have, I have some things that I've picked apart from this, um, okay. but any, 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 any initial thoughts before I, I mean, as soon as he mentioned the beacon, yeah, I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is one of those like laugh, like pressure relief laugh sort of situations, I, right? I completely Where understand. Like, yes. oh no, oh no. Had you not seen that yet? I hadn't seen it yet. No. Yeah. yeah. No. You, you were fortunate enough to have something better to do when uh, when that when that was on. Uh, uh, I think I just gotten home from work and I had the news on, and he, that was that was what was happening. And this, of course, is right after. Um, we should say this right after the Republicans kicked out their own speaker. For not uh, for, for for having the audacity to make a deal with Democrats, then they couldn't find a new one, and every every li- likely person was passed over until they found this guy nobody ever heard of who got disturbingly. And this again is another thing that sort of like really freaks me out. Um, unanimous support from the Republican right. caucus, right? And and yes. that I think says volumes about who this guy is. Because if you're a moderate or whatever, if there's such a thing in the House, a Republican caucus, then he, you like him. And if you are a far right MAGA Christian nationalist like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Robert Bobert and Matt Gates, um, you you also like him. And and that's that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. It's not um, the best sign. Not no, the best sign. No. Interestingly, like one of I think one of the untold uh, stories still is I don't I've never gotten an answer to this is that Ken Buck, who 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 um, has been criti- he was part of the um, Freedom Caucus, and he's been critical of Trump uh, recently, and he's just announced that he's not going to seek re-election for obvious reasons. Um, he kept saying that he refused to allow Jim Jordan um his vote unless jordan could tell him that biden won the election which you would assume means that now mike johnson told him that or he found some reason why mike johnson was okay right Um, i would love to know how that panned out but anyway on that speech so here's a few things that i i think really stick out to me um what we've been talking about is how sort of you know johnson is able to very cleverly disguise his um, his extremism. And, you know, if you listen to that, you hear a very sort of like, he's got a n- nice speaking voice, right? He's very um, eloquent in the way that he speaks. 
Uh, he's a great public speaker. You know, he used to like host, I think, a, a talk radio show, not surprisingly, right? Um, so he's got a great kind of radio voice. Um, he just, he's very telegenic. Um, and, and that is sort of all of the point. But one of the things that he does is he keeps prefacing his theological statements with, I believe, my belief, I believe, I believe, yep. yada, yada, yada. And there's this sense that like, if you preface everything with, I believe in American politics, then you can sort of get away with that belief. Yep. But this is not him saying he believes that like, you know, leprechauns are the cause of, you know, malaria or something like, you know, like, fine, go ahead and believe that, I guess. Like, that's weird. Sure. But like, sure, you can believe that. That's not going to affect my civil rights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, or at least I can't connect the dots as to how like, if you're like, I believe in UFOs, it's like, all right, fine. Well, whatever. Sure. Uh, I don't, but that's cool. And um, you're probably not going to take away any of my ability to like exist in the world. Um, and so as long as you preface, I believe, but then he goes on to say things that are very like definitive, right? In their belief that we are all raised up by God, that we're chosen for this moment, that yada, yada, mm -hmm. yada, right? That scripture tells us and so on and so on and so on. And um, it's clever because it really is hard to attack it if you are just sort of saying it in the, these are my personal beliefs thing. But right. not all beliefs are created equal, to borrow something he later says uh, <laughs> in, yeah. in sort of quasi-quoting um, Jefferson. I think what really got me, though, when I watched it is that if you watch The Room, all the Democrats stand up and applaud after he says all of that stuff. I know. I know. They're so disappointing, aren't they? They really are. I mean, all yeah. like 10, who I'm sure are like the, you know, the, 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 the usual suspects, but like certainly Nancy Pelosi um, and, and just a, a whole lot of them, right, are, are standing up. And, and this is, I mean, this is chilling. Like hearing someone say this on the floor of the house is, is really chilling. Um, couple other things you know he said he he he, he acknowledges and this gets to what we we're just talking about before that like scholars will say like well we only added in god we trust to cold war and show the russians and blah 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 he yeah. acknowledges that and he yeah. acknowledges it and says no it was a step in the right direction to like yeah no that's exactly what he says he's yes. like yeah he's like this was awesome this yes. is great yeah this is great and like most most far right evangelicals don't want you to know that, but he's like, no, no, let's go for it. Like, like yeah, I'm here so for he, it. Yeah, he, he says that Marxism begins with the premise that God does not exist. Like, yeah, I've read Marx. That's not what it starts with. That's not like so. There's no God. So let's uh, let's let's put together. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like that's it's no interesting to hear him do the quiet parts out loud. Yes. Right. Yes, but just, so forcefully and without anybody kind of challenging it or like nobody in the Democrat with the supposedly, you know, communist Democrats standing right. up and saying, like, that's not what Marx says. You know? <laughs> right. like, can gonna, you imagine? Can you imagine on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he he references G.K. Chesterton, who which is a which is really clever because G.K. Chesterton is one of those people like C.S. Lewis that like you know, sort of gooey, left-leaning Christians love to kind of celebrate and embrace and quote. Um, but G.K. Chesterton believed some not so great things. And, and there's, there's some, there's some not, not so great sides to Chesterton. But, you know, evangelicals have learned how to use people like C.S. Lewis and Chesterton to, to sort of advance their agenda and make themselves seem more pal palatable. He outright turns the Declaration of Independence into a Christian document. He says, yep. he emphasizes created, right? 
he overlooks the fact that Jefferson could easily have used the word God in the Declaration of Independence, but doesn't on purpose because it's not God. It's the creator. It is that is it is a ambiguous title that anybody can sort of apply what that means to. He takes that word creator and like re-Christianizes it, which is right. really fascinating. Uh, and then he launches right into Israel and says, well, yep. first thing I'm going to do, we're going to protect Israel and yep. massive applause. And uh, that's all I was going to subject you to. Um, because yeah. I think those are no, it's 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 a wild ride that only lasted three minutes. And all I could do is like just sigh and then like laugh with a bit of hysteria actually. So, you know, at the reaction to this, but yeah, no, I mean, it it categorizes how he responds to things and how he understands it and how he is able to do this in such a way that is like you said, that it's like telegenic and it's sort of mild mannered, but it's also just so, kind of terrifying to watch him do this and to get away with it. I think it's the part that's... Because there's, gonna, there's, yeah, there's, no. there's no one. It's like yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Democratic Party has so conceded it leftism. I mean, they, they, they are so terrified of, of, of being leftists, right? They're so right. terrified of, of, of being labeled Marxist and atheists and whatever else. And a lot of them aren't, and that's fine. And like they aren't, they aren't Marxist, right? Like I, I don't think any member of the House is an actual Marxist, right? But it's also like they should also understand the 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 sort of you know godfathers of left wing politics and and be able to defend at least the idea that Marx does not begin with the assumption that there is no God, right? Like that is not. Again, like that's not what socialism begins with. <laughs> it's, it's it's completely absurd to say that, and like we should have people who can say that. And it's 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 really a problem that we don't have people who can say that. Like it's it's bad. It's real bad. It's well, and it's just indicative, unfortunately, of where we kind of stand. Right? Is that the Democrats just are so, just so unimpressive. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Right. Mm-hmm. This sort of focus on collegiality or civility or whatever it's supposed to be. Right. That yeah. motivates this politics that allows um, a Christian nationalist to be on the floor to say whatever he wants and then get applause. It's just not cool. It's it's, it's cool at all. Democrats are so afraid of losing that they can't win. It's you know what I mean. Like it's 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 all no. It's true. Of, it's right? true. Yeah. No. It, it's entirely right. Like that they can't. They just can't do anything because of that fear. Um, they they were terrified of of Barack Obama because of like the fact that he was black in his name and then he won overwhelmingly like twice and they learned zero lessons from that right that being like taking risks and actually running, you know, say what you want about Obama, but like running people who people feel inspired by and you know, like connect to, that's like, it's too much, too much at stake to do that. We can't, we can't possibly do that. But um, anyway, that's a, that's a slightly different conversation, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, a, a frustration uh, that we, that we both share. Um, so 
anything else? I mean, you, you sent me an article also from Mother Jones. I found it really interesting. It deals yeah. with a lot of the same things that you were you were talking about earlier. Is there anything else from that that you want to highlight that you think is important I think here? It is worthwhile. Um, I don't know necessarily that there is because we covered a lot of it. Because um, a lot of this was just about his connections, right, and his the stuff that he um, supports and. Uh, all the things that he's against, right? Yeah. Which we already pretty much covered. Um, oh, and the list is extensive. Um, oh, that goodness. article, though, is Mike Johnson's Long Flirtation with Christian Nationalism by Madison Pauley in Mother mm-hmm. Jones. Um, and it's great. I, I also recommend that. Um, yeah. I do recommend reading The Embodiment of White Christian Nationalism in a Tailored yep. Suit. Um, it is, it, <laughs> it's an incredibly frustrating premise, but I think it's one worth understanding no it is i think it was worth it's a worthwhile read um even though the premise like makes me grind my teeth a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i think more to the point uh there's another really good piece that i read um earlier today uh by jeet here in the nation uh called the folksy fanaticism of mike johnson um all three of those i think will give you a good uh full kind of picture of who this guy is um you know we haven't even brought up the like weird thing about him maybe having a black adopted son or not when he was like 18 it's it's a weird story um there's or the lack of bank accounts like who knows right like it's just weird stuff going on here um the the things you can get away with and like we haven't talked about this either i think this is also really important right is that this guy's name it being just the most like Generic. generic i know generic bland white guy name like the stuff you can get away with when your name is mike johnson like is just yeah. his wife is a kelly too and i was like no <laughs> yes, not a kelly true. no <laughs> <laughs> so in all fairness i was like oh no it's a basic white girl name like from a certain <laughs> like, time period so it happens it happens but, i yeah. do think there is something really important i like a, you know i'm sure there's a sociologist or somewhere out there who's writing a Substack right now about how like mike johnson's name is a really important feature and you know how yeah. he's gone on the radar for so long and and how it just sort of it's like well how bad can a guy named mike johnson be <laughs> right right sure <laughs> That's not a threatening sounding name, right? I mean, like Tony Perkins sounds like a guy that you don't trust, but Mike Johnson. Yeah, Johnson, right, yeah. Like, no, Mike Johnson. He's you know, he's, he's the guy down. There the is something. There is something about that, right? Like yeah. the the way that the name offers cover to you just because of this, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm course, laughing, like, but not kidding, you, right? How could you not trust Mike and Kelly, right? <laughs> they have a podcast too, right? Yeah. Don't they even have a podcast? Yeah. They probably you know, have a podcast. Right? Yeah, I think they had a podcast as well. Yeah, they, yeah. Promoting so. covenant marriage and doing all this other kind of stuff. So. Oh, should we should we just talk about covenant marriage too oh, real quick? Oh my gosh. I, I, that's, he, so, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we should do that in a different episode. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, maybe a different episode. A we'll just like leave it as its own thing. But yeah, I was like, yeah. this is another thing that I discovered today that I didn't know anything about. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Okay. Um, only legal in three states, I think. And Louisiana oh. is one of them. Of course. So, um, Naturally. Yeah. Uh, Why not? We, you, you, 
we'll talk about it later or you can look it up yourself <laughs> if you want to um but yeah we should probably we should probably leave it there i think that's enough uh enough enough information for one for, day for one day well, yeah i don't think we can we can handle much more on a, on a sunday <laughs> afternoon so anyway um yeah there there is good journalism out there um we kind of began this by saying that everybody has sort of dropped the ball as far as this goes but but there is good journalism yes. out there yeah. and um and and go read those pieces um i think david corn's done a really good job on this i'm always kind of iffy on david corn but like when he gets it right he gets it right so i'd um, also like to shout out that um sarah posner has been working on yes. mike johnson for a really long time and so um she has a number of pieces up at msnbc yep. right now that are very good and so i would encourage folks to read her because she's been on this um on his trail for a while and has lots of interesting things to say since she's been intervo- interviewing him over the years and so um it gives a different dimension to the pieces that yeah. um, some of the newer stuff doesn't have yeah. But the reality is, I mean, it's it's this movement was never going to end with Donald Trump. And and, and it was always right. going to coalesce into a person who is far more telegenic, far more intelligent and far more um, uh, uh, eloquent than Donald Trump. Sure. Is. Yeah. And Mike yeah. Johnson's that guy. Right. Like Mike Johnson is someone who like it, you could see a bridge from the sort of like chaos bomb throwing MAGA of Donald Trump to like someone more sort of um, quote unquote respectable. Mm-hmm. It ain't Mike Pence. No. It's Mike Johnson. Yeah. Right. Because Mike Pence is fucking boring and, and <laughs> no, no, that's, that's really no, it's true. Right? It's true. Like you're not wrong here. Yeah. And he's got that like condescending vibe. And like Mike Johnson has none of that. Like he doesn't yeah. seem condescending. He seems like the kind of person you could have a very nice conversation with and like, would be pleasant to sit next to on the plane. Like, God forbid you're ever next to Mike Pence on a plane, right? Um, maybe that should be the new, who would you rather have a beer with? Like, who would you rather sit who next to on the plane? would you rather find yourself yeah. next to on a plane? And like, yep. you know, yeah, certainly um, of all the of all the options, like, like he's that. But yeah, to, to me, like that really is what is, what should be like sounding the alarm, right? Is that, this is someone who you can start seeing a really kind of credible next chapter in this move towards like Christian fascism um, yep. in the U S from an increasingly sort of unhinged Donald Trump. Right. Um, who's who, you know, he won't be alive in 10 years. Right. So like, regardless of what happens with him, like it's, it's going to have to um, transfer to somebody else. And, and whether or not it is Mike Johnson, I think Mike Johnson is a useful way of understanding kind of the blueprint of, of where that goes next. So yeah, um, yeah pay attention people and um, <sighs> please learn about religion and stuff and keep listening to our podcast and we'll keep telling you about it. We'll keep telling you, know. you about this like great news stuff. Um, and occasionally we'll yeah. crack jokes in between to yeah. attention, but sometimes yeah. not. <laughs> so, but, sometimes, but sometimes we won't. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we can, like yeah. keep you on your toes. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get we'll get back to fun stuff next time. But uh, yeah. yes, that that felt important and um, impressing. Next so. time we'll just talk about something easy like Israel and Palestine. <laughs> oh no, no, we won't. Oh no. Uh, oh no, man. Yeah. All right. Have a good week. Yes, please do. Thanks for listening.